0: Welcome to episode 43 of the 3M Fear podcast. Happy Halloween, guys! Today we will be covering two more cursed films, Poltergeist and The Conjuring. Poltergeist is a famous scary movie from 1982. It's about a regular family, the Freelings, who live in a normal neighborhood. Weird things start happening in their house, like objects moving on their own and strange lights turning on. The youngest daughter, Carol Ann, begins talking to mysterious being through the TV. It all gets really scary when Carol Ann is being taken by these mysterious forces and ends up in another world through her closet. The family seeks help from ghost experts to save her. The movie is famous for its spooky effects and memorable scenes, like the creepy clown doll and the line, quote, They are here, end quote. But what's even scarier, is that a lot of things happened in real life that went unexplained. Hello and welcome to the 3AM Fear Podcast. I'm Nikita Ferrau, mystery and thriller author. On this podcast, I talk about real crimes and real people. Due to the graphic nature of some of this content, listener discretion is advised. You can find the episode show notes on my website 3amfear.com. Let's get started. The movie Poltergeist, released in the 1980s, was a famous horror film loved by many. It was directed by Toby Hooper and had Steven Spielberg's guiding hand. The film was known for its scary special effects and was considered a classic in the horror genre. But as time passed, a strange and dark legacy began to surround this film people started talking about a curse associated with the Poltergeist franchise. The curse was said to bring about untimely deaths, strange accidents, paranormal events, ghostly hauntings, and even murder. The story of Poltergeist begins with its creation. It was directed by Toby Hooper, who was known for the cult classic, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The movie was written by Michael Grace. Mark Victor, and Steven Spielberg. Interestingly, Poltergeist was originally meant to be a sequel to Close Encounters of the Third Kind, titled Night Skies. However, Spielberg couldn't direct it due to his commitment to E.T., the extraterrestrial. So he brought in Toby Hooper to make it a more horror-focused film. When the movie was released on June 4, 1982, it became a huge success. It was not only a financial hit, but it also received critical acclaim, nominating for three Academy Award nominations and making it onto many best-of-the-year lists. Poltergeist was so popular that it led to two sequels and even a remake. But despite all the success and fame, there was a darker side to this movie. There were so many mysterious deaths, accidents, hauntings and even a brutal murder associated with the film that many believed the film was cursed. Let's start with the fake props. In the movie, there's a scary scene where Jo Beth Williams, who plays Diane Freeling, is near a pool under construction. She slips and falls into the pool and something terrifying happens. Skeletal remains of bodies come out of the water and start attacking her. Now, here's the scary part. When they filmed this scene, Joe Beth Williams was told that these skeletons were just fake props. Something made out of plastic or rubber? But that's not the case. They were real human skeletons. Actual bones obtained from a scientific research facility. Williams later in 2006 said in an interview, quote, I assumed that they were prop skeletons made out of plastic or rubber. I found out, as did the crew, that they were using real skeletons because it's far too expensive to make fake skeletons out of rubber." Many fans of the poltergeist movies believe that using these real skeletons may have been something that caused a trigger and finally led to a curse. There were also a few near-death experiences by cast members. Ryan Lawson, who played the part of Ryan in the first film, ...was in a horrific plane crash that killed 27 out of the 51 people on board. And Oliver Robbins, who played the brother Robbie Freeling... ...was nearly strangled to death by a terrifying clown that actually malfunctioned on set. Now they planned for the film in a way that they could later reverse and make it look like an attack. But something went wrong. The clown's arm got stuck around the actor's neck... Luckily, Steven Spielberg, who was overseeing these things, noticed and saved the day. This was just the start of so many accidents that were to come. Poltergeist 2 was released in 1986, and while making it, many unexplained events happened. Lights were falling, equipments were acting strangely, and people saw shadowy figures and heard mysterious noises. It got so weird that they asked Will Simpson, who played Taylor in the movie and was a real-life shaman, to perform a cleansing ritual on the set. It helped with finishing the shoot on time and on budget. But sadly, Will Simpson would pass away a year later from health issues. This is where we come to the deaths. Shortly after the release of the sequel, Poltergeist 2, The Other Side, two cast members faced untimely deaths. Julian Beck, who played the role of Kane in the movie, was diagnosed with stomach cancer before accepting the role. Sadly, he passed away in September of 1985 at the age of 60, just a few months before the film hit the theatres. In June of 1987, Will Simpson, the one I just spoke about, died at the age of 53. His cause of death was malnutrition and kidney failure. While their deaths may not appear unusual, some fans continue to associate them with the curse of the movie. During the filming of Poltergeist 3, Zelda Rubinstein, the actress who played the medium, had a strange experience. While having a picture taken for promotional purposes, she claimed to have been followed by a strange light blur. After her photo was taken, she saw these light trails and odd-storbing effects for days sometimes even weeks and she believed that this happened because the photo was taken at the exact time when her mother died but things took an even scarier and more dangerous turn during the filming of poltergeist 3 while shooting a scene at a place called mid america plaza a special effects explosion went wrong instead of shooting straight up into the air it ignited six cars covered in foam and they all burst into flames. Three extras, a maintenance worker, and two firefighters were seriously injured, and the explosion caused over a quarter of a million dollars in damage. Some witnesses, including the police officers, said that the explosion looked like a huge flaming ball that seemed to chase people on the set. After the poltergeist franchise came to an end, the curse didn't stop. Actress Dominique Dunne, who played Diana Freeling in the original Poltergeist film, tragically passed away on November 4, 1982. She was just 22 years old. She came from a very well-known Hollywood family, with her father being a writer-slash-producer, Dominique Dunne, and her older brother, actor Griffin Dunne. Dominique met a sous-chef named John Thomas Sweeney in 1981 and after a quick courtship, they moved in together. But their relationship was troubled, with John being prone to fits of rage and extreme jealousy. The story takes an even darker turn when two more tragic incidents happened. Poltergeist was released in June of 1982, and in November of that year, -year 22-year-old Dominique Dunn was murdered. She was strangled in her own driveway, by her abusive ex-boyfriend and was removed from life support just five days later. During the trial, he said that all he could remember was that he was on top of her with his hands around her throat. Heather O'Rourke, the young and angelic face of the Poltergeist franchise, also met a tragic end. She wasn't originally supposed to be in the movie because her older sister Tammy was auditioning for this role. When Steven Spielberg spotted Heather and her family having lunch, he felt that she was the perfect person for this role. Heather was chosen over Drew Barrymore and became Carol Ann Freeling in all the three original poltergeist films. But in 1988, Heather started showing flu-like symptoms and collapsed in her home on February 1st. She was rushed to the hospital where she suffered a cardiac arrest on the way. Paramedics managed to revive her, but she had another cardiac arrest after surgery for intestinal issues. She would later die of cardiac arrest and septic shock caused by a misdiagnosed intestinal issue. She died in February of 1988 at just the age of 12, several months before the release of Poltergeist three, the final chapter in the original series. In 2009, a second cast member was murdered. Now, Lou Perriman played a small role in the original film. He was 67 years old at that time when a recently released ex-convict killed him in his own home with an axe. The killer had no previous connection with him and he claimed to be intoxicated and no longer taking his prescription medication at the time of the murder. The killer went into a rage and ended up killing Lou. The actors, the crew, people on sets were not the only ones who were said to be affected by the curse. The curse even seemed to affect author James Kahn, who was hired to write the novelizations of the first two films. While working on the novel for the first movie, a lightning bolt struck his home, damaging his air conditioner and hitting him in the back. These scary incidents added to the belief that the movie was cursed. Moreover, whenever the author tried to play any video games, they seemed to take a life of their own, glitching in disturbing ways. Even when the 2015 Poltergeist remake was being made, strange incidents continued. The director, Gil Kenan chose a location for the movie house that had a peculiar and unnecessary vibe. Throughout the production, the crew faced repeated equipment failures, trouble with GPS signals for drones, and issues with camera batteries, but only in specific location. As it turned out, Gill later realized that the house that he had rented during production was haunted by a woman dressed in black. He described it as a genuine haunting and said that he became aware of it within a few days of staying there. After he left, the previous owner who moved back in contacted him to inquire about the strange occurrences that happened in the house. It seems that the haunting followed him home, providing real life inspiration for the movie. Poltergeist may be considered a classic horror film, but its legacy is marked by both on screen chills and off screen tragedies. The lives of so many people connected with the film have been forever changed, some for the better and some for the worse. It's certainly eerie how a series of strange and tragic events have surrounded this movie and several others connected to it. From the use of real-life skeletons, to on-set accidents, untimely deaths and even eerie experiences during the making of the movie, it's easy to understand how someone could think that this movie was cursed. Now whether you believe in curses or not, the unusual events that surround this film do make you think for once, could this film be cursed? We come to the second movie, The Conjuring. I have already done an in-depth episode on the real story behind The Conjuring movie. I'll link it in the description, please do check it out because the real story is far scarier than the movie. But today, I'm going to talk about the real-life scary incidents that happened on the sets of the movie. The Conjuring is a supernatural horror movie based on the real-life experiences of paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren. The film follows the Warrens as they are called to help a family terrorized by spirits in their new farmhouse. As the wardens investigate, they uncover a dark history of the house, where a witch's curse has unleashed terrifying supernatural forces. The movie is known for its chilling scares and is part of a successful horror film franchise. But what's even scarier is that this movie is based on a real-life story. The story of the Perons, who bought a home and ended up being terrorized by spirits that lived in their house. Unfortunately, in real life, Ed and Lorraine Warren were not successful in getting rid of the spirits. I'll link the episode in the description. Do check it out because the real story is a lot scarier than what's in the movie. Because of all the events that happened to the real-life family, it's not surprising at all to know that something may have gone wrong on the sets. Because after all, the Peron family, from whom this whole Conjuring universe was inspired from, was believed to be actually haunted. When we talk about the Conjuring movie or the Conjuring universe, everything that is told in the movie was told from the perspective of our most popular couple, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Ed was a popular demonologist, while Lorraine Warren was a medium. While making the movie The Conjuring, something eerie happened to the actress Vera Farmiga. She portrayed Lorraine Warren, the medium in the film. Strangely, Vera started waking up between 3 to 4 in the morning multiple times while she was on set. What makes this even more unsettling is that this time frame is said to be the witching hour or the devil's hour. It is believed that this is the time when supernatural activity is at its highest. What's even spookier in the movie, the witch character meets her end during the same witching hour. It was Vera herself who noticed this strange connection and pointed it out to the director. Even after the movie was finished, she continued to have trouble sleeping. So it seems that the film may have had a huge impact in her life. Director James Wan said, quote, Even Vera has said that from the moment she came on to do this movie, she'd always wake up between the period from 3 to 4 in the morning. She said she has been waking up every night in that period. At first I was like, well, you just came from LA and with the time difference, you know. Even now though, she still says that she has a hard time sleeping between those hours. And I'm like, no way. Because in the movie, There's a very specific period where the witch character died in that time frame. End quote. Also, Vera started noticing these strange and mysterious claw marks that started to follow her around, even showing up on her computer screen. The first time she saw these claw marks, she had been working on her laptop. After a phone call about her role in the movie, she closed the laptop. And when she opened it again, there were these three diagonal claw marks on her screen. Later, while on the movie set, she discovered these similar three claw marks, but this time, they were on her thigh. Thankfully, that was the last time that she would ever see those claw marks, but that was a very scary experience for her. Joey King, the actress who played Christine, one of the Perron daughters in the movie, had a strange experience of her own. After just a few weeks of shooting, she began to develop unexplained bruises all over her body even though she never did any stunts of her own and neither was she in any kind of an accident. Patrick Wilson, who was one of the cast members, mentioned that there was no logical explanation for the child to have such bruises on her body. The production team was very careful not to put the child in any form of physical danger, and that would mean even doing her own stunts. What's even more bizarre is that Joey King had never experienced such bruising before, and it has never happened after that. The eerie part is that in the movie, Christine's mother wakes up with these bruises and it's presented as a way for the spirit to interact with this world. So it raises the question whether Joey King got these bruises because of the movie or was it just a coincidence? There is a room called the Special Artifacts Room in the Conjuring Universe and this is crucial to the series. It's where we first meet the famous Annabelle doll, which would later become a focus of its spin-off films. The room is filled with objects from the Warren's various cases, preserved not only as reminders, but it's also because destroying these artifacts would just mean destroying the things because you can't destroy the spirit that is attached to these things. The Artifacts room is like a mix between the antique shop and a museum. The Warrens guarded their objects with great care, even having a replica room made on the set, which was equally scary. What's even more chilling is that some of the artifacts in the room seemed to have a life of their own. Many people, including producer Rob Cowan, noticed that certain objects, particularly a wooden pig, would mysteriously move around the room. It added to the already spooky atmosphere surrounding the Conjuring films. The creator of the Conjuring films wanted everything to remain as realistic as possible. They wanted to capture this genuine experience, this genuine fear of the people. And so they tried to keep everything as realistic as possible, even going as close as replicating similar objects to bring in that amount of fear. The set and the props were so lifelike that when the Perron family, who actually experienced this haunting in real life when they came to the set, they were so scared. Cindy, the second youngest daughter, almost got startled with fear when she saw these objects on the set. Even though she had been a child when this whole haunting happened with her family, just looking at these objects was enough to bring back horrifying memories. What makes this reaction particularly unusual is that it wasn't supernatural. It was a natural response for Cindy. She had gone through this trauma. She had been through all those haunting nights. She had been there when her family was suffering, when the ghosts were haunting them. And when she saw these objects, the memories just came flooding back. Speaking of Cindy, the real Peron family visited the film set. Much to the shock of both the film production team and the family, their elder mother fell and broke her hip so severely that she needed immediate surgery. This unfortunate accident occurred shortly after Cindy's reaction to the whole thing that was there on the set. The phone call about her mother's accident arrived just after the incident involving Cindy and the portrayal of the witch, Batshiba. When the rest of the family left the set to attend to their injured mother, she had an unsettling thought. She believed that Bathsheba might be responsible for this injury. Although the accident didn't happen on the film set, the mother was not at the film set at this time, it still raised concern, particularly for the daughters. Now, if you haven't listened to the full story, I would highly recommend you do, because in the real-life case, The mother was the target for Bathsheba, the witch. Chad Hayes recalled one of the Peron girls telling him, quote, Something really bad is going to happen out here today. He continued, And then you know what happened? Their mother Carolyn fell and broke her hip. Fortunately, that incident didn't occur on the set, as Carrie Hayes added, She was the only one not there. But they all had to leave. It was pretty nutty. End quote. Now, the real Lorraine Warren, the paranormal investigator, shared some eerie videos with the writers and director of The Conjuring movie. These videos contained original footage from her late husband, Ed's actual case. These tapes have been kept secret and no one to this date has seen them. Now, imagine the fear that these videos could cause real-life haunting captured on video. In one video, a man with only a 3rd grade education was seen speaking fluent Latin backwards. This was astonishing because even well-educated people from this remote area have no exposure to Latin. It's hard to explain how he learned to speak Latin, let alone backwards. But the strangeness didn't end there. At one point, this man began shedding tears of blood. Lorraine informed the writers, that it wasn't his own blood, but blood physically produced by the spirits. He also had upside down cross marks spontaneously appear on his skin as if he was burnt into it. These eerie occurrences make you wonder, was this movie really cursed? One of the writers of The Conjuring, Kerry Hayes, had a rather unsettling experience while working on the film. He felt the need to share it with Lorraine Warren. Hayes was spending long days on the film set, away from his home, and strange things were happening. Mysterious water formations kept appearing around his house without any logical explanation. Initially, he suspected that his elderly dog might be responsible, as the dog had bladder issues and needed to go to the bathroom frequently. But his wife assured him that she had taken the dog out and the water didn't smell like it came from the dog. Cleaning up that water formation required three large beach towels. Lorraine Warren provided some insight to the situation. She believed that Hayes was dealing with a water poltergeist, a spirit that tends to come when men are away and their wives are home alone. Water poltergeists are ghosts that feed off adult anger. They especially come around the houses where there are a lot of arguments taking place. After speaking to Lorraine Warren, Hayes understood what was the issue. Patrick Wilson, one of the actors in the film, also had his own share of paranormal experiences in his house. He confided in Lorraine Warren as well. And after talking to her, he seemed a lot relaxed. Before meeting Lorraine Warren in person, Carrie Hayes and his brother Chad, who co-wrote the movie, had a phone conversation with her to gather some information and advice for the movie. Lorraine was a very valuable resource because she had so much information, she had actually been with the family in the house while the haunting was taking place. Now during these phone conversations, Lorraine would sometimes forget what she was talking, she would ramble and then she would just forget what she was talking about. And because of this, she was not able to give the correct amount of information. Now, some people would say that Lorraine might be growing old and that's why she kept forgetting. Now, Lorraine believed that the spirits were behind this and they didn't want her to reveal such important information. In the making of The Conjuring 2, the creepiness continued. The second film was shot in a notoriously haunted studio at Warner Bros, known as Studio 4. Now, this is considered the most haunted soundstage on the premises. Now, first of all, this movie was based on a real life haunting. It was then shot on a studio that was also said to be the most haunted studio in that place. So it was bound to happen that a priest was called in order to bless the studio. But despite the blessing, unsettling occurrences continued. Reports from the location mentioned strange sounds of construction like drilling and hammering coming from beneath the set. All of this when no actual construction was going on. During the filming of the movie, The Conjuring 2, some other eerie incidents happened. Leigh Vanel, known for his work on the horror film Insidious, visited the set and had a strange experience. Photos from Insidious mysteriously appeared on his iPad even though he had not saved them on his device. What's more, he couldn't delete them. While James Wan was immersed in directing the film, something spooky happened on the set. A crew member captured a video of curtains moving by themselves. This occurred the day after the filming ended, with only a few crew members remaining. The massive curtains swayed without anyone doing anything. And the air conditioning was also turned off. What happened on the sets of The Conjuring, so many incidents were left unanswered. No one knows who was behind this. Was it just bad luck? Or was there a spirit behind them? A big thank you to all my fellow listeners who have been listening to all my episodes. Thank you so much. Your listens, your support means a lot. If you love my podcast, if you love the stories that I put out, then please do follow me on whichever podcasting platform you are listening from and please do leave a rating. It will really help me a lot. You can listen to me on other platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts and any other podcasting platform. If you are in India, you can always listen to my podcast on Ghana or Jio Savan. If you love to listen to strange and mysterious stories, then follow me on Instagram and YouTube where I put out reels on such stories. These are completely different from the ones that I put out on my podcast. So do follow me on them. If you love travel, you can follow me on my travel channels. I'll link them also in the description. Until then, stay kind and stay safe out there.